0: Share knowledge on emerging technology in the sports industry and how these technologies can help improve the performance of individuals and organizations both on and off the playing field. And now, here's your host, Julian Blinn.
1: So, today we have the honor to interview Arthur Bernard, the founder of Adelico Ventures, one of the leading firms helping athletes invest in the VC ecosystem. So, Arthur, welcome to the show. Hi, Julian. Great. So, hey, Arthur, what I want to talk to you about today is first, I want to go over your background, and then how you got the idea of launching your tech fund. Uh, I would also love to, for you to talk about your investment philosophy and the things that you're looking for, right, when investing in startups. And then, of course, we'll touch on why you decided to to involve athletes to be part of your fund. And then, lastly, we'll discuss your uh, advice, right, for anyone looking to start a career in investments. How does it sound?
2: Great. sounds like a really good agenda. So let's start. Great.
1: Okay. So, hey, the first question is, uh, could you tell me about your background?
2: Yeah, sure, sure. Um, so I'm French, as uh, most can hear, um, Studied yeah. business school in, in France. Um, I did the first part of my career in both across VC and startups. Uh, so worked at a French VC firm called Alven. Um, then worked for BetClick, uh, a bookmaker startup. Uh, yeah. That started initially in England and then yeah. grew across across europe um spent a few years over there uh we at a time when the company was growing from two hundred people so to twelve hundred in a matter of three or four years yeah um and so that that first part of my career across uh v c and startup was at the, at a time when it was not as cool as today mm-hmm.
1: um
2: and and then oh, after how
1: was that how long ago was that? couple of years
2: ago? That was uh, 15 years ago. Okay. Uh, 15 years ago. Um, And then after a short stint in strategy consulting, I spent the second part of my career in the sports marketing industry Mm -hmm. um, as SVP corporate strategy for one of the largest uh, sports marketing companies. Um, We changed names a few times. So some people will know it under the name of Sport5. Others yep. will, will know the name of other Sports, uh, depending on the geographies as well. Um, so in a nutshell, I was uh, fortunate to work across the two sides of my current focus, mm-hmm. uh, I both on the tech ecosystem, uh, both uh, financing and startups, and then on the sports talent side.
1: Yeah. So, um... Okay. So, but how, then how did you get the idea of launching your fund? What was the kind of the ha-ha moment when you said, you know what, I got to do this.
2: Um, so when I was at sport five, um, I, I was working across all different business units, um, on, on developing new revenue lines. Um, yeah. and, and within Sport five, we had a, a talent management business, uh, mostly based out of the U S actually, mm-hmm. uh, working mostly across golf, tennis and NFL. Mm-hmm. Um and as part of my role, I, I sat down with the agents uh trying to devise what could be new, new revenue lines for them uh and, and obviously for, for the st- sports talents we were working for. Yeah. And and as, as as you are familiar with the industry, uh talents started by monetizing their sports uh, Mm talent through prize money and appearance fees and and so on, or or contract they have with a team, depending on the sports. Um, Then they started to monetize their image and likeness uh, Mm -hmm. through endorsement deals. Yeah. Um, And, and in the U S when, when I was working with those agents, it was around 2015, 2016. um, In the U S it had already been a few years where athletes and their management teams had started to realize the the value of um, of the audience and the back books of the athletes Mm -hmm. as a way to invest in in startups. Um, And and basically, they realized they could leverage that to become successful investors. Um, And and it was very obvious in the US with top tier talents like Lebron James, Kobe Bryant, Kevin Durant, Serena Williams, Mm -hmm. I mean, all, all the big names you can think of. Um, they, they were starting to invest quite a lot in tech. And even sometimes, some um, less known names, obviously very good talents, but uh, not yeah. as well known, like Andre Godala, for instance, yeah. uh, who has built one of the most amazing angel investing portfolios. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, they and,
1: were. And so, and so is Steph Curry, right? Steph Curry has an yeah. impressive portfolio of investments. Uh, it's got the big partnership, right, with uh, Under Armour. So. I mean, those guys were working on the same team I mean, they're playing on the same team. So,
2: yeah, uh, exactly. And so I, I saw all these examples in the US and 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 saw it as an opportunity for, for talent business to, uh, to to develop a new revenue line. Um, unfortunately, the, it was not a priority for us at, at Sport5 uh, mm-hmm. back in the days. So I quickly dropped the ball, uh, but kept an eye on the space and kept investigating, having discussions around uh, to understand how those deals were closed. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a, a, a book I read, I really like, which is uh, A.L.A. Uh, how our band of actors, artists and athletes Act Silicon yep. Valley. Um, for anyone willing to understand that space, it's a really good read. And who, um, who wrote
1: it, who wrote the book? Uh,
2: Zach O'Malley uh, from Forbes. Okay. I used to be a writer at Forbes. Yep. Um, so that that's how I came up with... Oh, am, I, uh, am I
1: probably going to order it on Amazon? I'm sure it's on Amazon,
2: right? Yeah, it's on Amazon, yeah. yeah. Sure. Um, so that's how I came across the ID. And when we sold Sportfly to HIG in 2020, mm-hmm. um, I, I knew I was not going to stay uh, with a new ownership group. Yeah. Uh, and so I started to reassess uh, that specific opportunity. Mm-hmm. more from an entrepreneurial perspective and, and basically trying to assess whether Europe, where I was based, uh, was ready to replicate what had been going on in the US for almost two decades.
1: That's great. Um, so now, um, when you're looking to invest in startups, right? So what's your investment philosophy and which sector, right, do you tend to to focus on today?
2: Yeah. Um, first, um, the, the, first thing we always share with athletes is not too early. Um, mm-hmm. when, when, usually when you start discussing with an athlete and, and their management teams, um, they usually want to go in very early, uh, because there is that kind of, uh, myth or story of an athlete that has earned 100x return on a precede deal. Um, so there, there is a lot of education to be done, uh, to deconstruct uh that miss yeah um, so that's that's the first thing we we share with them um mm-hmm. on, on our side we we prefer to step in at series a stage yeah uh, basically once the company has uh product market fits uh in most cases and, and it's more about accelerating the growth um based on early signs of traction mm-hmm. uh, rather than still uh iterating on 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 the product because that's that's, no, that not, that's not really where we can add value. Um, so in, in terms of stage, um, that's the uh, first part of the answer. Uh, then in terms of uh, sectors, we tend to be agnostic, uh, but because of the LP base we have, uh, we've looked a lot at uh, consumer impact and sports and media verticals. Uh, both from a B two B and B two B B two C perspectives, um, because that's where it's easier to explain the value. It's not it's not necessarily the only uh, verticals where we can add value, but that's where it's easier to explain. Um, and and maybe just one last point on that. Um, I, I I don't think we are ready yet in Europe. But I really want to become more and more agnostic. And, and in the US, we have an amazing example. I think Kevin Durant was a very early investor in Hugging like Face, uh, which is an AI startup. So yeah. very far removed from what you could think as an investment for an, for an athlete. Yeah. But that's, that's a huge success. and And there is no reason we can't do that in Europe. Not now, but in the medium term.
1: Yeah, and that reminds me of, uh, um, I mean, Tad Young, right, uh, who I'm friend with. So Tad Young invests in about 200 startups, not just in sports, right? He's got a very broad portfolio of companies. So I think to your point, the athletes are now looking to broaden, right? Not just in, invest in tech, sports and tech, but, you know, they're very savvy investors, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, it's not just sports and tech. I mean, they're looking at any kind of opportunities, right? That might be a good fit for them.
2: Yeah, and, and the idea of diversifying is obviously uh, first from a, from an investment perspective, you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. Yeah, uh, And they all, already get most of the re- revenues from the sports ecosystems, or there are good mm-hmm. reasons to invest outside of that, of that sector. Um, but it, it's also, I think, very interesting for them in terms of um, diversifying their networks uh, mm-hmm. and, and uh, having access to uh yeah d- different uh people different verticals different expertise yeah um and and also from an intellectual perspective a, a lot of them are sharing with us that they want to see something new uh, mm-hmm. I mean they, they they live and breathe sports every day yeah and it's kind of refreshing for them to discover new things and 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 they can do that through investments that, yeah i mean no
1: question um now my next question is um what are the things that you as an investor right you're looking to uh, uh when you look when you're deciding to invest in a company what are the things that you're looking at are you looking at uh, a team that's highly experienced are you looking at a startup that has a unique technology are they in a fast growth market i mean what are you looking at
2: good question not an easy one um we As I said just before, we invest at Series A stage, so um, the the team is still one of the biggest elements uh, to assess uh, because at at that stage, nothing is written in stone. The market, um, the operating can evolve, Um, traction is still very early, so we we still invest mostly on the team, Mm -hmm. Um, but we usually also have initial business metrics we can rely on to uh, complement our assessment. And, and that's critical for us. We and, and that depends on the investors, right? But uh, for, uh, um, for ourselves, we uh, we can't rely only on the team. We, we need to have uh, metrics to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, we we are not the, the spread, spread type of investors. Um, we are building a, a quite tight portfolio. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, we, we need metrics. Um, and that's, that's really important for us. Uh, and, and I mean, as most investors, we, we want to have a view that the market can be big enough to, uh, to build a very big company. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sometimes it's hard to, uh, to foresee, uh, very early on. Yeah. Um, a- another element we have is we we tend in most cases to look at companies that can be international um, mm-hmm. if not global mm-hmm. um, so if a company is operating only on one single market or is relevant on only one single market especially in europe it's usually too small for us
1: okay now are you the kind of investor like for example I, let's you know i talked about tad young right what tad young told me is that you know you had to learn right to really ask the right questions when he's investing uh, he's even now into the point where he would ask, right, to review the code. I mean he would go to you know, the he really wants to make sure that the foundation, right, of the technology or the, the company are solid. Uh is that something that you guys are willing to do to go that far as far as looking at the code and or no?
2: We we are not reviewing the code. Um, yeah. but one one thing the the way we operate, we we write small follower checks. So yeah. We always co invest with lead investors and mostly top tier lead investors. Yeah. Um, and and after they sign a turn sheet, those guys are running different DDs uh, on the tech, on yeah. the legal things, on the finances, um, and we ask for an access to that. Uh, because it's 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 done by the company and it's paid for by the company. So as any other investor, we should have access. Um,
1: okay, so
2: and then yeah, right. We we don't run it, but we inherit from what has been done by the lead investor.
1: Okay, so for example, I was talking to uh, Drive, right, the the managing partner of Drive, which is a fund in Boston. One thing that the managing partner told me, Meredith, is that they tend to allocate right additional money to invest in the next round, right? So because they want to continue to invest, right? So I'm assuming that you guys also do that, right?
2: Yeah, exactly the same um, exactly the same we have uh, we have some what we call reserves uh, to be able to follow on uh, the companies and the idea is to be able to follow on uh, 20-ish percent of the companies we've invested in first time okay
1: now are you allowed to tell me on average what's the size of a typical check that you guys write that's something you guys can communicate on or
2: uh we can yeah we can uh it's anywhere between 150k and 500k euros
1: okay that makes sense um now um why obviously one of the big question i work with lots of teams and athletes so what was the reason why you guys decided or why you decided to involve athletes to be part of your fund
2: um i think Coming back to something we discussed earlier, I'm I'm heavily convinced by the fact that their celebrity and their black book, yeah, and potentially more the black book than the celebrity, mm-hmm. uh, gives them a huge unfair advantage when it comes to investing in startups, um, and we want to help them leverage that to build the best possible portfolios. Um, as I mentioned before. Um, they they've been very successful at monetizing their sports talent very successful at monetizing their image and likeness uh, mm-hmm. through endorsement deals mm-hmm. and i think a, a lot of them and much less in the us but mostly in europe a, a, a lot of them can still do a lot in terms of leveraging their black book or network or relationships you call it whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. in order to access uh, unique investment opportunities. That's um, great. And and as if you look at the what a VC needs to do mm-hmm. uh, once you have raised money, uh, which is a very hard thing to do. But once once mm-hmm. you've done that, you have four things to do uh, to be successful. You need to source, analyze, and select deals. Then allocate, uh, win your allocation. Sorry. Yeah. and Then support portfolio companies. And oh, on yeah, and on three of those four elements, provided they put the right structure in place, and, and we are here for that with athletic ventures, mm-hmm. athletes have a lot to bring uh, to the table, and especially on winning allocations and supporting companies. So yeah um, basically, our view is that they have an unfair advantage. We are here for, uh, to support them in leveraging that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and also maybe going back to your question on on the size, um, the the combination of the small, relatively small ticket size, um, and and the value they can bring, mm-hmm. it's a very attractive value value proposition to entrepreneurs and investors because it's it's low ownership requirement or dilution, mm-hmm. and and strong value add.
1: So on that, right? So you did mention you get involved with the startup. You just don't give them money, uh, but you also help. I'm guessing right with operations. So there's a, a kind of a big trend now. I mean, we see more and more of what they call operational VCs, right? They help with recruiting. They help with you know really any need, right? Uh, business development. Uh, you know, do you fall in that line or no?
2: Um... Not the same as the other VCs that are um, yeah. building what they call a platform to support companies. Yeah. Um, we, we, in terms of supporting the companies, it, it's mostly about uh, leveraging the collective networks of mm-hmm. the individuals that we work with and we have in the fund. Um, mm-hmm. So it's about opening doors uh, when it can be relevant. Um, it's about uh, sometimes coming to a uh, company, even because that does a lot on on the employer brand. Um, so there there are plenty of things you can do, but mm-hmm. but we we don't play the same roles as the other uh, other yeah. VCs, and we we don't want because that's not where um, that's not all value add. We we let them do that and and, and yeah. try to to do d- different things.
1: Well, I think you know, it's a full-time job, right? And if you're going to help yeah. up to XYZ, I mean, you could be spending, do this all day long, right? So,
2: yeah. And, and, and to be honest, from time to time, we will, we will definitely uh, do that as well. I mean, yeah. there is one portfolio company where, strangely enough, we were the ones introducing them to their next lead investor yeah um i i was not expecting us to to be doing that mm-hmm. um but we'll build a strong network within the ecosystem so mm-hmm. if if we can help do it we'll do it
1: yeah that's great now uh you know uh, before i get to your last question what how would you say are your plans right what are you trying to accomplish for the next let's say twelve months right are you looking to do x amount of investments i mean what are you looking to do what are your goals i guess
2: Yeah, a a strong focus for for us now is to invest the first fund the best we can. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, the clear priority for the next nine to 12 months is to find the right opportunities. Mm
1: -hmm. Okay.
2: And and then it would be about uh, most likely raising a second fund uh, to continue what we've started.
1: Okay. And that would probably be that for like next year or the year after that?
2: Sometime next year. Yeah. Okay.
1: Right. So, hey, last question. So, you know, anybody look, listening to the podcast, whether it's um, someone who wants to get into investments, or start current investments, what would be your advice to them right now?
2: Um, so first, my advice would be mostly about uh, startup investing. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I can't really advise on on any other type of investments. Um, because I'm, I'm less knowledgeable about the, those spaces. Um, startup investing is a, is a crowded market. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there are a lot of people trying to do it. Um, so I think people re- wanting to get into the space uh, really need to find their unfair advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, coming back to what we discussed before, um, so that you have something unique, unique to uh win the deals Um, because the 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 most promising companies usually the the deals are quite competitive and you need to win your allocation Mm -hmm. um and yeah that's i and and obviously then deliver on the value you've claimed to win the deal uh to make sure that you are building a flywheel and and not uh one one of uh success
1: that's great uh thank you for that
2: so and, and maybe i mean to complement on that, i think it's uh especially in venture it's a it's a long term play uh where you invest now and you'll exit between year five and ten probably
1: mm-hmm.
2: um so i mean it's not about it's not about tomorrow it's about the next few years uh so you should take your time. Uh, you should take your time when 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 investing a lot of people will will tend to invest invest after seeing maybe 10 opportunities mm-hmm. uh, privately or professionally um, Our first investment came after 100 if not more opportunities we reviewed and yeah. and yeah always take time Take time Take time
1: i mean it's just like i like to take the analogies when you buy a house right you might want to give it some time before you go and sell it and so you can get a return investment so you know you got to make make sure that the the company is going to grow right yeah uh, you going to see some growth and you know it's hard to predict cuz i'm sure everybody wants to get a quick return hey let's just go and sell this company after a couple of years but you know sometimes it just takes longer right so
2: and and the last thing is um you need to be very clear in terms of defining a strategy and a framework to deliver on that strategy because otherwise it's very easy to get emotional uh and that's not good
1: yeah no you're right uh hey look we we are at the end of the podcast but i want to thank you for your time today great speaking with you and uh good luck with your fund and, and everything else okay
2: thank you Julien. you're
1: welcome Thanks a lot. Bye. thank you Bye bye.